0: Welcome to Retiring Generously, a podcast for the charitably inclined. I'm Caleb Frankert, financial advisor and enrolled agent at Blue Jay Financial Group in Defiance, Ohio. My mission is to equip you with the knowledge and resources to be generous, tax efficient, and intentional with your retirement dollars. Let's get started. Last time on the Retiring Generously podcast, I set up the next few episodes by talking about some milestone ages. More specifically, the fact that these ages also present some unique planning opportunities. So as I said last time, we're going to dive into those milestones a bit deeper, and we'll start with the latest milestone first. So today we're talking about age 73 and required minimum distributions, or as they're more commonly referred to, uh, RMDs. Some refer to them as MRDs or Mandatory Retirement Distributions, but we're talking about the same thing here. We'll spend our time today talking about the how and the why of RMDs, and if you follow along, you'll see the conundrum that they create. In later episodes, we'll talk about some tax-savvy solutions to resolve the conundrum, but for today, we first need to understand what we're dealing with. Before we solve the problem, we first have to have a grasp on what the problem actually is. So here we go. First and foremost, required minimum distributions are only a problem if you have a traditional retirement account. No traditional retirement account, no RMD. What qualifies as a retirement account? That's the question. So the list is pretty expansive, but here are a few examples. 401Ks, 403Bs, 457 plans, traditional IRAs, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs. There's more, but you're getting the point. You may have noticed that I did not include Roth variations of any of those accounts. If you did observe that, you're very observant, congratulations, Uh, I will address that matter in a later episode. But in a nutshell, the reason for required minimum distributions is this. You are able to defer income tax on contributions to these accounts for the duration of your working career. So far so good. The idea is that you could defer income taxes while you're working and in a higher relative tax bracket, and then at retirement, you have less taxable income, and thus your tax bracket should be lower. You can insert the laugh track here. If you're a skeptic like me, you're probably asking yourself, when am I ever going to be in a lower tax bracket? Look, I seriously doubt that I'll be in a lower tax bracket down the road. That is not a commentary on my income, by the way, I just don't see the scenario where tax rates don't continue to rise because of the government spending and things of the like uh, that are going on. Remember the first federal income tax rate I believe it was 1861 was 3 percent and it was a temporary tax. So how's that working for you? Look at some point Uncle Sam wants his and that's why we have required minimum distributions. So for all intents and purposes at age 73, you have to start withdrawing money from your retirement accounts, and thus you have to start paying income taxes on those distributions. The IRS bases these withdrawal percentages off of life expectancy tables for your age, and they update those from time to time. So an RMD that starts at somewhere between 3 and 4% of your retirement account value, and I should clarify here, it's the Uh, some amount of all of your retirement accounts, by the way, Uh, and that increases by percentage as you get older. So clearly, the objective is to try to clean you out before you pass away and get you settled up on income taxes all along the way. Now, the RMD age was pushed out from 70 and a half. It was 70 and a half for years. Um, It was pushed out to 72 and then 73 by recent tax law changes. Now, depending on your age, you may even see your RMD age increase to 75 in the next 10 years. So you might be wondering why legislation pushed the RMD age out later, and that's a legitimate question. It was presented like this. People are living longer and will need income longer, so let's not force distribution so early. The IRS and the politicians in D.C. are doing us a favor, right? Not so fast, my friend. (laughs) when was the last time they did you a favor honestly what they did is kind of brilliant here really from a revenue standpoint but look they sure as heck were not looking out for you and your family maybe i'm a bit cynical i probably am but that's the way that i see it and i think you'll see what i'm talking about too when we get into the elimination of things like the stretch provision for inherited iras but we're going to pause on that for a moment remember we're building with each episode hopefully So what's the problem? So what? The IRS makes you take a small amount out of your retirement account each year and pay income taxes. You owe it anyway, right? But what if you've done a really good job of saving for retirement? And I mean a really good job. Let's say you've also got a nice pension and Social Security and some other streams of income in there as well. Sounds like a really good problem to have, I realize that. And in fact it is. But it can be a problem nonetheless. In my experience... I typically have two types of clients. One is the type that knows that they'll spend through all of their assets in retirement. They've saved what they can, but they know that there's an expiration date on their funds. And then comes the other type. The other type of client is probably overprepared. They find themselves in a situation where their assets are all tied up in tax-deferred wrappers, which makes them a little bit less flexible. And quite frankly, they will never spend the money. They actually find themselves in a situation where a blessing has now become a curse. Going back to my days at the bank, I had a client who fell into this overprepared category. He saved, he invested, he budgeted well, he was responsible with his spending, and he ended up in a situation where he couldn't possibly spend it all. Now, when I say that he couldn't spend it all, it just simply wasn't in his DNA. You spend a lifetime of saving and budgeting. You you don't turn into somebody who just spends like crazy. So the problem in his eyes is that after doing all of this, there was the IRS standing there with their hand out. He was asking himself, what was all the preparation for? He had large RMDs, and then the prospect of his beneficiaries inheriting the funds and paying extraordinary amount of income taxes just made him sick to his stomach. And again, we'll get into the inherited IRA predicament in detail in a later episode, but for the sake of this example, my client had a tax problem. A big one. That was his reward for doing all of the right things. He used to come into the office, actually, and start our conversations with these words. Caleb, having money as hell. Obviously, he was using hyperbole here, but I understand the heart of what he was saying. Now, that was earlier in my career, and if I knew what I know, what I know now... I would have simply told him this, I understand how you feel. The good news is I can help. So wrapping up today's episode, here's what you need to take away. If you've prepared and if you've planned, required minimum distributions may be a problem. The problem is that tax deferred savings can turn into a tax time bomb for you or for your beneficiaries. And like I said, I will get into more detail uh, with that in a later episode. The good news is this, we have some really great strategies that we can use to detonate that tax time bomb, and we'll talk about that next time on Retiring Generously. Well, that's all for this episode of Retiring Generously. I've been your host, Caleb Frankert. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have questions or topics that you would like covered on the Retiring Generously podcast, you can reach me at podcast at bluejfg.com. If you'd like to talk about your specific situation, you can schedule a 15 minute phone call at calendly.com slash caleb frankert, that's C A L E N D L Y.com slash C A L E B dash F R A N K A R T. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC, Blue Jay, is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written content on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay, unless otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.